figuring out how to like be fabulous and you know like dance at the club mm-hmm. and will you know like beat the shit out of someone who tries to get that between them and a hard beat you know what i mean like it's, <laughs> yes. it's like i did not put on this feather boa tonight for nothing how yeah. dare you like it's it's just like it's a you know it's just a uh amazing i mean and that's and it's not new like that goes back to stonewall What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Bituation Room podcast live stream. I am your sleepless host, Francesca Fiorentini, uh, seven weeks deep into new motherhood. And wow, wow, it's a whole thing. Babies are forever, guys. That's my, like, fucking intro song to uh, my, like, James Bond. Babies are forever. No, 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 no. Okay, we'll workshop it. Um, So glad you're here. So glad you press play on Ye old Podcast Player. Um, Make sure to give this podcast five stars right now. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube and on Twitch. What is going on? We have a great show. David Dan of the American Prospect is here, going to be breaking down what is next for the now GOP-controlled Congress, um, the House specifically, what's going to happen, what can happen, um, what are they going to be focusing on for the next uh, two years? Is it going to be just Hunter Biden, like forever them being jealous of how he fucks and they don't? Um, So there's that. Uh, Also going to talk about um, the midterms a little bit, get his thoughts. And with us again, back is Mr. Nato Green, uh, comedian, labor organizer, dad. Uh, he will be joining me in January, live in San Francisco, January 22nd, which is a Sunday, back on a Sunday, 8 p.m. for our Sketchfest show. Do not miss it. We'll be there. I think we'll do some stand up. I don't know which guests we will get, but I will get on that soon. Doopy doo. Here I go. Doing it. Get tickets, though, for real. It's going to be fun. Um, And uh, hell yeah. Uh, So good to have you all here. Um, Remember that we also do a bonus show after this show. Extra content this time looking at Condoleezza Rice. Yep, she's around. Uh, And Hillary Clinton uh, talking to Jon Stewart about U.S. foreign policy, something they know a lot about. Okay. Uh, They've got many failed interventions uh under their belt so definitely someone you want to talk to uh we have a portion of that 45 minute interview which you gotta watch it with us nato and i will be there patreon.com slash bituation room support this show this independent show that straight up relies on you to support it you can also support it by tipping us tbr dash live on venmo tbr live on cash app you know what it is um and yeah, good God, so much to talk about. We're going to get into um, a little bit about what happened in Colorado Springs. We're going to talk about Nancy Pelosi as well. And then finally, if Twitter is dying, y'all, what would your final tweet be? Your very last tweet, your mic drop tweet, your bye bye smell you later tweet. 
I want to know. But until then, this is What Are You Bitching About? So much to bitch about. I mean, you know, just mass shooters targeting the gay community once again. Uh, we will talk about that. But for me, there's a couple things. One, very superficially, Argentina lost a game to Saudi Arabia. Excuse me? What? Uh, as I was nursing at five in the morning, I watched back the game which was on at one in the morning here, Pacific time. And uh, Argentina right out the gate has two goals, two goals in the first like 10 minutes, but they were offside and not offside by a lot, offside by a hair, millimeters. And now they've got replay in soccer, which I've always hated. I don't like replay. It's not offside. So they didn't get them goals. And then later, Saudi Arabia, which, like, I think is cool. Like, it's cool for a Middle Eastern country to beat Argentina, especially, uh, you know, the powerhouse that is. They fucking scored two goals. It ended 2-1. Oh, my God, what an upset. And, yeah, I will refrain from saying any mo anything more because I do not want to be, um, you know, chopped up into little pieces uh, by Mohammed bin Salman. But... I think we know who was calling the shots on those replays. I think we know that the crown prince put his finger on the replay button. Prove me wrong. All right. Whatevs. Um, that's what I'm bitching about. The, the other thing I'm bitching about is uh, y'all know I gave birth recently. I paid a lot. I pay through the nose for health care. I buy on the marketplace, uh, Obamacare, the ACA, ever heard of it? Because um, people like me, freelancers, generally do that. And uh, I am getting all these other bills that's like, oh, sorry, your $900 premium didn't cover this at all. And um, one of the bills that I got was very funny because the same day I got the bill, it was for the epidural, which I eventually did get after, again, med medieval pain. And it was like $375. And the same day that I got the bill for the epidural, um, which is like some third party like hey pain relief anesthesiologist we're gonna charge it was ridiculous right i got a middle class stimulus check from gavin newsom from the california from california right the state was like here's 350 dollars for you because you're middle class and you're probably struggling in these times and then at the same time i was like oh here's your fucking medical bill i hate this country we cannot get ahead why medical expenses that's pretty much the number one reason i just wanted the 350 dollars to buy you know another nursing bra you know splurge a little bit anyway i digress guys what are you bitching about let me know in the comments and may we welcome to the stream for the rest of our show the semi-functional hybrid of comedian writer and union organizer whose second comedy album, The Whiteness Album, is out on Blonde, Record, Me Blonde Medicine Records and a clip from which has been going viral. Uh, please welcome Nato Green. Nato, what's up? Hey, buddy. Hey, how you doing? <clears throat> good to have you back. <clears throat> it's good to be back. It's, uh, it's good to see you good to and see all, you. All, the, all the Frantifa. Indeed, indeed. Um, Nato, I... Yeah, what are you bitching about, friend? Well, 
I can have I have I bitched about the American healthcare system on here? Have I talked? Have I talked about my battles with, not, with Kaiser? Not. Oh God. Oh God. I mean, first it takes you like three weeks to talk to an actual human. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit weird that Kaiser, um, uh, that someone decided to name a health plan after um, a failed em emperor, but um, uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, like so. Mm -hmm. Like Kaiser, um, Kaiser is famously bad, particularly with regard to mental health services. Here's a hot tip for the Orchata Armada: mm -hmm. if you happen to have Kaiser as your health uh, insurance company, and you would like to see a therapist, uh, you're not going to be able to do it unless you say, uh, "I'm considering suicide and I'm hearing voices." <laughs> um, so, <laughs> otherwise, like there's. There's there's like there's a actuary in an office building in downtown Oakland, like on the 17th floor, with a chart of how miserable you have to be before it starts costing them money. Oh and you can be like, you know, like like I've tried I tried calling them up once, and they were like, "Are you suicidal? No. Are you addicted? To anything? Not really. Or do you hear voices? Are you a danger to yourself or and others? No. 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 And then they and then they were like, "Well, what? Why? What's you? wrong with you?" you calling and i was like i don't know i have mid 40s man sadness like i like i cry within 90 seconds of any nick cave song like what the fuck <laughs> you know uh i'm thinking I, of angrily tweeting at like yeah. a random female celebrity yeah i'm 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 high functioning miserable like can you f help with that um and they're like oh do you want a group and it's like, no, I don't want a fucking group. I want help. And they're like, okay, well, we can give you six sessions with someone for 30 minutes every five weeks. And then you'll spend the first 10 minutes reminding them who, who you are, 10 minutes talking about your shit, and then 10 minutes begging them to talk to you again. Um, oh, my God. So uh and then and then and that's within you, your plan that's to get something within your plan within your plan otherwise you can go out of network and see someone but like 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 i was looking for a therapist recently and they're like oh yeah but we charge 300 dollars an hour and we don't take your insurance um i love this as the beginning to like a hostage action flick you know like I just want to cry. Like... I just, I just want a room where I can cry and someone will listen to me. My, my wife thinks that that like my next album should just be like an hour of material about Kaiser, um, <laughs> <laughs> and about like, because I must have told, I must have talked about this uh, on here. You know that I had a kidney stone this year. Yes. No, you haven't talked about it, but, um, I'm everyone I'm sure is excited to hear every I had a kidney stone detail. And I called Kaiser and they were like, you know, earlier, like I was in horrible pain. I was going to the bathroom constantly. I wasn't sleeping. And they're like, Oh yeah, we can get you an appointment next week. Um, you know, and they're like, what is the, what is your problem? And I was like, um, my dick hurts. Um, <laughs> You're like, does and, your dick want to harm you or right. anyone is, else? Is, is your dick a threat to itself or someone else? <laughs> does your dick have <laughs> suicidal ideation? Yeah. Does your does your dick have a plan? Um, <laughs> and 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 then they were like, I was like, I can't wait six days. Like, I need relief right now. I'm not sleeping. And they're like, Do you want a video appointment? Um, and I'm Jesus like, Is Christ. this like? 
who's with, paying who in this deal? Like, <laughs> you want a video appointment so uh, Kaiser Clinician can look at my dick? Like, what? What are we talking about? Uh, I, you know, here's what I learned about Kaiser: as soon as you say you're pregnant, which I feel like you should use you get all the appointments you want. Kaiser, you'll be like, can I get an appointment? They're like, ooh, yeah, ugh, eight to 10 months, maybe. Uh, at least down here, it's awful here in Southern California. But as soon as I said I was pregnant, they were like, yep, we got you, boop, 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 boop. And they just lined up my appointments and then I bounced on Kaiser because I was like, I do not trust you motherfuckers to like birth my child. Um, totes. So, totes. So, totes. So that's, that's, what I, that's what I'm bitching about is once again, and as always, Fuck Kaiser. Fuck Kaiser. Medicare for all, baby. Depose the Kaiser. Overthrow it. Um, yep. I like that. I think, I mean, every periodically we should just be bitching about the healthcare system. I'm surprised we haven't done this before. I mean, I, occasionally, you know, like, like all the, all, you know, there, I mean, at some, maybe I should, maybe I should just do it. But, you know, like comedians are always posting these crowd work videos that it's like, you know, like, where are you from? And, you know, it's like someone should just do a crowd work video that's all like, like healthcare horror stories. Yeah. Which, al which ailment are you not going in right, right. to see anyone about? Yeah. Oh, How much why do you have medical debt? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I have, I might, I think I might have torn my ACL, my straight up knee in labor. Like I've got like a crazy um, ligament pain. It, I don't think it's the ACL, but it's like, it's fucked up. And I'm, I'm not going in to see nobody. Uh, anyway, welcome to America, USA, yeah. USA. All right, let's get into the week. A oh, few wait, things. Did, did I, did, I didn't even tell you my latest health news, as long as we're talking about the the, the collapse of American democracy and also my body. Um, the Kaiser Which told, is to, like American democracy. Is in like decay. A, like, in decay. And probably hairier than it should be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that I have arthritis in my foot. So it's dumb. It's so dumb. And so, but it's just, it means you that I get to wear get, those like, shoes. You get to wear those shoes with like the really big seams that sort of go up on the ends. No, they just gave me like, like a carbonite plate to put in my shoe to balance out my foot or something. Carbonite. I don't, I don't know, man. All right, let's go on. Okay. I, I, I covered it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, these are the jokes that I wrote. Uh, this, this was more cathartic than actually Kaiser Mental Health Services. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, NATO. Everyone, give NATO some love. Um, yeah. The World Cup kicked off in Qatar, the first time the cup has been held in the Middle East, which is pretty cool. It's also the first cup that will be held in stadiums that ironically won't serve alcohol, but will encourage homophobic chants. Um, which is a first. Hey, you can't let people get too drunk and forget how the tune goes. You know, their favorite homophobic. Anyway, uh, the crypto exchange FTX has filed for bankruptcy owing $8 billion, even though as recently as September, it was worth $32 billion. Apparently, it was built on a mountain of lies, like most crypto exchanges, by a man named Sam Bankman Fried, who used some of the money to create a super PAC to donate to Democrats and ran the exchange out of the Bahamas with a group of MIT grads who were all sleeping with one another. This story has all the three things I don't think should exist and never want explained to me. Crypto, super PACs, and polycules. Hate them. Get rid of them. Um, Theranos grifter Elizabeth Holmes. I might be okay with polycules. Yeah, but if it comes with a crypto, would you? Oh, be then I'm out. 
if they're part of a crypto hell no an mit polycule okay francesca no fuck mary kill crypto super super packs polycules (laughs) i mean you can't really marry a polycule or can you i don't know i mean i would kill super packs i would Mm. fuck crypto and i think i would marry a polycule that's the only answer that's right uh theranos grifter elizabeth holmes gets 11 years in prison and i don't know everyone's mad but i just think she really broke the glass ceiling for female felons in stem she's a feminist and a felon icon all right she's a felonist can can someone can someone make the the inmate buddy comedy of elizabeth holmes and Ghislaine maxwell (laughs) (laughs) it's like like shawshank but they but yeah stir crazy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but with them <laughs> they're slowly digging a tunnel behind yeah. i don't know out of like tampons Ugh. amazing um in a rambling yet sober speech trump donald trump announced he's once again running for president in the year 2024 but ivanka trump says she's not going to get involved in politics and will choose to focus on quote raising her young children and by raising she means yelling at the three nannies who take turns caring for them while she thinks about running for office herself one day or getting a reality show deal with bravo or both depends whichever one pays her more um and finally elon musk has let both kanye west and donald trump back onto twitter and i think we're all wondering if Twitter is so strapped for cash, why is he bringing back the hate for free? White nationalists should have to pay, all right? $50 to use the N-word, $75 to do an anti-Semitism, $100 to DM a female human, and you will make money in no time. That's it. Solved. Fucking solved. Isn't it upsetting to find out that you're a better capitalist than the capitalists? Right? By the way, that last one was the producer Paige's idea. She was like, he should just charge people to like DM women. Do you know how much money you would make? Yeah. All the people sliding into like AOC's DMs. There could there could be a cut. It'd be like 50 for Elon, 50 for AOC, 50%. Anyway, um, let's get into this week. Oh my God, it's already 120. I'm like, let's do a shorter show. Never gonna happen. All right, this is, for everything else, this is the week where. Another hate-filled mass shooting happened over the weekend, this time in Colorado Springs at a nightclub, a gay nightclub um, called Club Q. Um, 22-year-old, a 22-year-old with an AR-15 entered the club uh, and opened fire, um, shooting and killing five people and injuring 18 more. Um, he would have killed more people. Yes, of course, it's a he. Sorry. I didn't mean to bury that. Is that's Okay. He would have killed more people, but two uh, jumped on top of the shooter. One was an Iraq War veteran who was there watching a drag show with his family who held the shooter down and kept punching him with his own gun. And another um, was a trans woman who stomped on the gunman with her heels, which is amazing. Uh, I love this. It is both sad, but also um, incredible, as Dan Savage put it on Twitter. Two queers did what 60 cops in Uvalde couldn't and subdued a gunman. Um, But it is incredibly heartbreaking. Once again, we have to deal with this shit. This community has, again, has to, is 
bearing the brunt of the hate speech that the GOP is fueling. Um, one of the people killed was Daniel Aston, who um, was, sorry, before I bring it up, he was um, one of the bartender, like the bar managers. And Daniel Aston um, was four years old when he told his mother he was a boy. And it was another decade before he came out as transgender. His mother told the newspaper uh, he thought himself bashful, but that wasn't the case. She said he never knew a stranger, even as a kid. Um, so basically was incredibly outgoing, but I just think it's so fitting that we're in a time when the right is freaking out about giving hormones to minors, um, you know, trans kids pretty, I mean, and they're anti-trans anyway, but especially obsessed with being a kid and feeling like you're living in a different body or that you are a different gender. And there you have it. This man, the, uh, this man was killed and he came out to his mom as a boy at four years old. And actually he moved back to Colorado Springs. He was living away from them, his family, his parents, but moved back because he wanted to be closer to them. And he was one of the five people who, who was killed. Um, anyway, I don't want to cry right now, but uh, I just thought that was really important to, um, to mention. And Aaron Reed, who we had on the show, um, who tracks a lot of anti-trans bills and just does incredible work around this um, quote tweeted something that uh, Daniel actually posted about Club Q and how important it was to the community. Um, and she writes, devastating. I've been holding off on posting this until it was confirmed by a major news source. It's now confirmed by ABC. Daniel Aston, transgender man, was one of the victims. He once tweeted about how patrons at Club Q would tell him, quote, you make me feel safe. And that tweet was uh, from January of this year. Every time, every single goddamn time, I even have the slightest thought of leaving Club Q. Someone comes up and tells me, quote, you're the reason I love this bar. Or you and Derek make me feel so safe and welcome here. Um, Derek was a bartender who also was murdered uh, in this spree. Um, there's more to say on how the hell this happened, but NATO, maybe just your thoughts. I mean, you know, the, the like, it's, you know how sometimes we talk about how, like, you know, the, 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 the people closest to the pain have to be closest to the solution. Um, and like, it's just, you know, the LGBTQ community, like, for decades has been, you know, it's sort of like has, is like leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else in terms of thinking about, like, you know, not everyone else, obviously, but like a lot, you know, there's just like a lot of, um, you know, liberals who were like, uh, you know, oh, like, upset about you know like America's lurching to the right in the Supreme Court or whatever and I'm I'm moving to Canada and meanwhile like gay people are like you know like literally fighting for their right to party you know mm -hmm. like that that and like figuring out how to like be fabulous and you know like dance at the club mm -hmm. and will you know like beat the shit out of someone who tries to get that between them and a heartbeat. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> yes. it's like, I did not put on this feather boa tonight for nothing. How yeah. dare you? Like, it's, it's just like, it's, a you know, it's just a, uh, amazing. I mean, and that's, and it's not new. Like that goes back to Stonewall. Yes. Uh, Which Compton, effectively the, was the same thing, right? The it right was to the party. the same thing. The Compton cafeteria rights in San Francisco were the same thing. And, um, you know, and so, like, when you know, in my darkest hours, when I get scared and manage my anxiety by compulsively looking at, at 
cheap real estate in rural Spain, which is what I've been doing. Is <laughs> <laughs> like maybe I should. Uh... <laughs> you and me both dude let's go anyway yeah let's buy let's buy a, like i love how a, you were like you know these liberals who just want to like move to canada and then you're like and then i'm looking into buying land yeah. in spain <laughs> and then i want to buy land in spain i just i just want like a medieval stone house with a with a wine cellar and like and like a meadow of but you some go sort. fight gays yeah no yeah, no please gays Gays, you take it from here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Asturias and, <laughs> and just. I, I just need to reflect. Uh, NATO, um, tell it, NATO tell it on himself. Yeah, but so, yes, you, you know, look to the people you've left behind and say thank you for leading the charge. Thank you for leading the charge, and the, you know. So, um, and also like it's just you know at as as like i'm a parent of queer kids and so you know it's there's a way that like the which means that i my family is now is a queer family and yeah. thinking about you know it's like obviously like i've had gay people in my life my whole life but you know thinking about my kids and the and where how they go through the world and what they're going to have to fight for yeah um you know it's just like uh uh you know, and so then, I mean, I, not to not to step on stuff that we may be talking about later, but then, you know, for Hillary Clinton to go to the Financial Times and be like, you know, maybe we shouldn't be talking about pronouns pronouns so much. You know, all this trans stuff is a distraction from the real issues people care about. It's like, go fuck yourself, lady. Absolutely. You know? Well, so. and, and we're going to talk about Pelosi in a second, who I think has echoed a lot of that. I just, you know, um, I want to, I wanted to say that, like, this story, the way it broke down, it just flies in the face of every bullshit narrative the right has been trying to spin about, and we know this, about the gay community, about trans people, about everything, which is effectively, um, they're in our faces and converting our kids. Uh, no, they're in a strip mall, in a bar, in a club, and they still get targeted because you, you know, that's number one, right? Um, and it's always been the case in the gay community, the LGBTQ plus community. Um, number two, uh, drag shows are not family things. Um, that fucking Iraq war veteran was with his family. His daughter and his daughter's boyfriend were there. His daughter's boyfriend was murdered. So no, it is a family thing to go to a drag show. Absolutely, it is. Um, and also the idea that like, you know, somehow you stand with vets, you fucking care about that. No, a vet had to fucking stand up and and be the one to tackle this guy. It wasn't a he wasn't a current cop. So like it just implodes every single narrative they've been spinning. And of course, the people spinning it are uh, you know, YouTube accounts, excuse me, um, Twitter accounts like libs of TikTok. Um which, if you don't know, is basically an account run by a person named um, name. I don't give a shit what her name is, but uh, it's oh, Chaya Rachik is her name and has been peddling all kinds of hateful stuff against the trans community, LGBTQ plus community. Um, this is a day after the Colorado Springs shooting, and she's tweeting out via libs of TikTok uh, about another drag show and performance um that's happening called uh the dragutant and she's upset about it uh and basically calling out the representatives in in colorado in uh, the state of colorado saying hey you need to do something about this because they're encouraging children to dress in drag oh my god look at this this is a day after in colorado five people were murdered 
in a club. So it doesn't stop. And we all know, let, let's just, this is just a quick rundown. A donut shop in Tulsa, Oklahoma last month was attacked twice, once the Molotov cocktail after hosting an art show run by, run by drag queens. Over the summer, protesters surrounded a gay bar that held drag events in Dallas, Texas, accusing the LGBTQ community of grooming children. Uh, Mayor Jack Gilbert, Gilbert canceled a drag queen story hour after violent threats. Meanwhile, members of the Proud Boys have attempted to storm restaurants holding drag shows in Arlington, Texas and Woodland, California. It goes on. And did this bear out as a fucking issue people voted on in the midterms? No. But what has it done? Oh, it's radicalized the crazies that are already part of the GOP base. It didn't necessarily increase the number of voters. It didn't speak to moderate voters. No, it just further radicalized the crazies who were already armed to actually fucking once again target and brutalize the gay community. Over and over and over and over again. They're not expanding their base. They're, again, if I just said this, radicalizing the crazy base they already have to violence. Anywho. Um, I mean, it's, well, and, you know, it's not just the right wing is doing it. It's like, you know, then when people talk about, you know, Chappelle's fixation on trans people being just jokes, it's like, I, you know, you can't credibly argue that that's not related. It's all one cultural soup, you know. I I very much agree with that, um, especially because Dave Chappelle, I watched his last special. I forced myself to watch it. He doesn't say their jokes. He straight up stops down and he's like, no, no, no. I'm seriously asking. We have to so-called fix this and figure this out. He doesn't couch it in jokes. He couches it in just straight up transphobia. Anyway, we got to move on. We got to talk about um, Nancy Pelosi uh, with Democrats losing the House. Um, Majority Speaker Nancy Pelosi is stepping down as Speaker. Um, and because her husband got hit with a hammer, we have to all be extra nice about her record. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, let's look at it. Pelosi was elected House Minority Whip in 2001, the first woman to do so in U.S. history. A year later, she was House Minority Leader, um, which again was a historic accomplishment. Um, she became the first Speaker of the House in 2007 and then assumed the position again in 2019. Um, pretty much one of the most powerful women in American politics to date and an Italian-American. And let me say, as a half Italian-American, brava. Um, very proud of just that one piece. What I'm not so proud about is some of her checkered record, and we can go into it, but things that stand out to me as someone who protested the war in Iraq uh, and did not enjoy eight years of the Bush coup, um, Pelosi was very much um, kind of by Bush's side, obviously not in the same party, but kind of going along with this, everything, the consensus of war at the time, refused to impeach um, George W. Bush or or at all... Uh, look into war crimes, anything like that, impeach him over the false pretenses for invading Iraq. Um, none of that, refused to do that. Um, sp has spent a lot of time fighting the left, honestly. Now that the squad is a thing, and since 2018, we see a progressive upstart in Congress. You know, she's done things like, um, let's just look at it. This was actually a, a piece in The Guardian that broke it down. She's never been subtle about her disdain for left-leaning wing of the Democratic Party, once scoffed that a glass of water could have won Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's seat. 
Does she mean like a tall drink of water? Um, she condescendingly described the new, gr Green New Deal as the Green Dream or whatever they call it. She dismissed the ever-growing squad as like five people. Now some imaginative new insults have come out. Pelosi once mocked the squad's purity politics using a baby voice, according to a new book by Susan Page, Madam Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the Lessons of Power. Um, she said, some people come to Congress to pose for holy pictures. Um, and she changed her voice and mimicked a child trying to make a solemn show of piety. See how perfect I am and how pure? There she is. Um, I will give her credit and say that I think under Trump, she was better than she was under Bush. I think it's like, how could you not stand up a little bit? There was some strong arming there. There was some um, master legislating. Um, but I'm not going to miss her. And she's still going to run for re-election, right? She's still going to try and rep San Francisco. <laughs> NATO. <sighs> um, you've you've spent some time protesting Pelosi in her own office. Yeah, yes, I did, and and I have heard reports that her staff are still mad about it. Um, uh, you know, I don't know, folks. I mean, there was a, in in the time between the Trump election in 2016, it, like people started to feel inspired again around the Women's March, but there was a that window between Election Day and the Women's March where people were like despondent and we were worried that the democrats were going to be completely craven and cowardly um and so i and a handful of other activists like decided on a stunt to go uh deliver nancy pelosi a spine and we built a giant seven foot long tall spine out of uh pvc piping and foam uh foam core Amazing. and uh and it, it made the news and uh staff did not appreciate it um they didn't appreciate the joke so um but and i just want to say interestingly after hillary lost you know pelosi was on record saying um clinton leaned in too hard to being a woman that she shouldn't have done that and once again reiterated that abortion rights are not a litmus test for voting democrat and for for being a democrat and they shouldn't be this is I mean, nancy this, i mean again this whatever after the Supreme Court was it after 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 the Supreme well at the same time David will have the exact chronology yes <laughs> um, that the Supreme Court was was repealing uh, Roe versus Wade she was still campaigning for Henry Cuellar the last uh, pro life Democrat in Congress thank you against a more progressive challenger um, uh, in Texas so it's like and you know um, uh. You know, and then like Christine Pelosi, her daughter, who is attempted trying to set herself up to run for the seat, was like tweeting, denouncing, you know, Bernie people being like, we told you, we warned you. Why didn't you whatever, whatever to do something about this? Uh, and then, you know, so. Wait, Christine is positioning herself for to run for the seat? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she wants the, the dynastic line. Good God. Um, so. Uh, inheriting the uh, fridge full of ice cream is not enough. She's got to inherit the seat as well. Yeah, it's some uh, Game of Thrones up on uh, Pacific Impact Heights, man. It's uh... Impact Heights, right? <laughs> which which means which means that quite pot. I mean, this is probably too uh, inside for most situation uh, uh, room listeners, but it's it's entirely possible that the progressive candidate for that seat will be Scott Weiner. 
Um, Interesting. So, uh, who's currently our state senator? Um, there was someone else who ran for that seat. I can't remember who. Uh, not a memorable yeah. campaign, really. Um, kind We're of fizzled. Kind of yeah. Fucking fizzled out. Like it wasn't serious or uh, we don't, we don't stood a chance it. or was sort of well run at all. Anywho, um, that person loves to troll me. That's why I'm throwing shade. Um, yeah, I want to bring in. He's busy bringing, reviving his career as a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, a slam poet brochalist, please. You gotta. It's the sorry. only. It's the only way to mac on the on the commie honeys. Um, <laughs> uh, now it seems like uh, Hakeem Jeffries um, will be the anointed um, next speaker should the Democrats regain the House. Um, and Hakeem Jeffries is definitely a centrist corporate Democrat. But I'm interested whether you know he will he'll get it, he'll get the votes, and whether, like, what that will mean. And I kind of want to bring into this discussion um, our guest for the for the Sitch, executive editor of the American Prospect, and the author of Monopolize, Life in the Age of Corporate Power, which came out in 2020. Everyone needs to get that. And he was the winner of the 2021 Hillman Prize for Excellence in Magazine Journalism, David Dayan. Welcome to the Bituation Room. Thanks. Uh, last time I was here, I was I was sitting right next to you, actually. I know. In your palatial estate. Where did you get a champagne grape orchard? Wow. Keep it fucking down, dude. Why? Uh, David, she's Italian. It's good. That is true. Prosecco. It is perfect. It is, yeah. <laughs> um, I would really like a, a Bruzzo. How do you make a Bruzzo, dude? You, <clears> you got to get a Montepulciano. No, no. Lambrusco. Abruzzo. Yeah. Lambrusco. Fucking love Lambrusco. I haven't had a drink in nine months. All right. No, I have definitely had a drink in nine months. Um, shh. David, weigh in here on what's going on uh, in the House in terms of I, Pelosi. I, I'm going to keep bringing it up. David, as the editor of the American Prospect and a former stand-up comedian. That's right. Wow. Uh, <laughs> he, NATO told me this, first of all. What? You got you to check the, uh, the, our, our profile that was in the Columbia Journalism Review, which uh, does, does go down the lane of my, my long-lamented stand-up career. Yeah. Where were you doing stand-up? In the Bay? I, I was. Uh, I'd lived there for four years, and I did uh, Zane, you know, uh, uh, Punchline and comedy. Uh, what's it? What cobs? Yeah, Cobb. big cobs. Yep. Um, did you do rooster key feathers? Uh, what's the one down in Sunnyvale? Is that that one? Yeah, rooster feathers. Yeah, 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 rooster. Vacaville. Oh my Vacaville god, Vacaville was my favorite. Um, I did a show in Vacaville, and uh, I was there with somebody else, and that person did a joke, the punchline of which was about Shakespeare, and somebody uh -huh. got up in the audience and said, Shakespeare, we're from Vacaville. As if they were they were cognizant of their own ignorance. It was brilliant. <laughs> I feel like NATO gets that response when he does stand yeah. up. Yeah, I, people I, people yell that at me even when I'm not talking about Shakespeare <laughs> or in Vacaville. Uh, um, didn't you, did, David? Didn't you start in Chicago and then move to San Francisco? Because yeah. because I think Kamal W. Kamal Bell told told me about you and yeah that yeah it, I knew it, it sounded I like knew Kamal back in Chicago. Yeah, we uh, we worked David. Yeah work there together we have a lot more in common than i thought who then i were who knew and by the way i write i've been writing the back page yeah for the i, I should say that and um yeah uh has been uh, fantastic we've been we've tried to cultivate a little bit of humor on the back page of uh the print editions of the prospect mm -hmm. which you can get at prospect.org and mm -hmm. uh francesca's done a terrific job there uh uh 
through the, and, and the pregnancy and everything. Did not stop, did not miss exactly. a single. Uh, uh, oh, um, David tried to shake me I, and then I shook him harder. <laughs> I shook him harder and was like, bitch. I was, um, I was be, trying to be nice in a terrible way. <laughs> Literally taking food out of a person's mouth, my child baby's mouth. As his mom yeah. No, but David, God, we've gotten off we track. Have. Let's typical go back. Typical Note the time. Um, what do you what do you make of Pelosi standing down and uh, Hakeem Jeffries, and I guess what that might mean for the future? And then we'll go on to like this current Congress because this is sort of the imaginative, the imagined future. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is that uh, in 2018, as a condition for getting the uh, speakership, Pelosi had to commit to only serving for two terms. And she did that in writing and uh, before right. the entire caucus. And everybody just sort of assumed that that didn't mean anything, that, 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 that <laughs> she, you know, it, it was just going to be her decision anyway, no matter what. And uh, so when she, when she finally did step down, uh, I, I, I think it was, it was just bowing to reality. Look, for, for decades here, uh, Pelosi... Hoy Steady Hoyer and James Clyburn have been the top three in the Democratic leadership for 20 years, and they have not groomed anyone to be their successor. There have been many people who have come and gone who wanted that. See, position. Democrats aren't groomers. <laughs> they are right, groomers. Not at all. Uh, they, there have been many people who have come and gone from the House who wanted to uh, rise in the ranks of the leadership, realized there was nowhere to rise. People like Chris Van Hollen, who just bolted, went to the Senate. Um, uh, th this has happened over and over, and the, the caucus was frankly just upset about it. I mean, they won't say it in public, but the fact that this these octogenarians had an iron grip over the caucus for so long, I think, yeah. was uh, was was harming sort of uh, you know creating some dissension. And so uh, we have this shift to a new generation. Of course, this was a hand-picked generation. There was no actual you know, vote among the membership uh, as to who they wanted to, 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 to serve them. We've known for a couple years, ever since, really since 2018, there was mm -hmm. a leadership uh, battle between Jeffries. Uh, this is for like the number five position in the House leadership. It was between Jeffries and Barbara Lee. And uh, Jeffries ended up getting more votes in that. And wow. he was kind of from that moment anointed the successor. Uh, there was some talk of Adam Schiff, but that was never going to happen. You were not, they were not going to pick a white dude. Uh, it, hmm. it just wasn't going to be. And so, so Jeffries was really anointed in this fashion. And very little has, has, has scrutiny has been put on, on his actual record. Uh, he, he has just been handed over. Uh, the Democratic leadership, which, as we've seen over the last 20 years, is a very critical position. And we, we don't know much about this guy who's, who's going to be running it. So do, do you agree with Mike Duncan that the problem with the Democratic Party is that the octogenarians have health care that is too good, <laughs> that keeps them alive? That is, that um, is a good point. Um, hadn't thought of it. What do you mean? I mean, what we do know, I don't know much about Jeffries other than like, well, I'm big Zionist, like lots of um, Israeli lobby money, uh, I know that, um, has like, what you know, finger wagged as if he were 
an octogenarian like Clyburn as and Pelosi has finger wagged at the left, um, calling AOC essentially like, oh, you just want to like pose for photo again, pose for photos or like be an influencer, basically calling AOC like an influencer. Um, the other thing is like he is kind of unknown. So it's like, yeah, I understand they wouldn't necessarily choose a white guy for whatever optical reason, but like Schiff would be a better choice if you're talking about kind of like someone who's a bit in the public eye. Um, wow. which is both a blessing and a curse in terms of, uh, you know, nationally. Schiff has, Schiff has um, his own problems. He was a new Dem uh, going back way, way back before impeachment was ever a thing. But I'll tell you about uh, Jeffries. And of course, if you read the article in, in the magazine that you actually appear in, Francesca, you would know uh, a little bit about uh, uh, King Jeffries uh, in our December 2021 issue. Uh, oh, we yeah. did, as oh, everyone yeah. knows, we did, everyone knows uh, that. We, we did a, 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 an expose into Jeffries. Uh, Alex Salmon did it, who's a, a former staff writer with us. And uh, I can tell you a few things. First of all, he's a, he was a corporate lawyer. He his 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 mentor was the defense lawyer for Exxon Mobil. He worked for mm -hmm. a big law firm called uh, Paul Weiss. Um, mm -hmm. His biggest maneuver in 2021 was starting a pack with Josh Kottheimer to protect Democratic incumbents from progressive primary challenges. Right. Yes, yes, yes. This that, that was like the big thing that he did. Um, he uh, has taken a million dollars or more from the financial sector, from real estate interests, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, Goldman Sachs, Blackstone. A hedge fund was his top donor in 2021. Mm. Uh, so real grassroots. Yeah, this is this is the guy who it is, right? I mean, right. Um, Which is part of the job, right? Fundraising. Absolutely. And I mean that that is the job. I mean that that's the way in which you gain the interest and respect of members, uh, a lot of members anyway, of Congress is by donating to them, and uh, you have to have a lot of money so that you can run your own race, but also donate millions of dollars to everybody else. And uh, usually that's how you rise through the ranks of the leadership in the Democratic Party and in, in, in the caucus. Uh, that's certainly how Steny Hoyer did it. Uh, and that's how Hakeem Jeffries does it. Mm. Do you think that like, you know, for years, the Republicans have sort of used Nancy Pelosi as like a boogeyman to whip up their base and like, you know, people are sort of running against Nancy Pelosi all over the mm -hmm. country. Yeah. Do you think do you think that Jeffries will be used in that way as a target or do you I mean, think he'll, he'll just be I, I some can't other... imagine republicans using an image of a black man to scare voters mm. I, it just does not yeah. seem possible to me. yeah yeah they wouldn't they wouldn't that's not something yeah. they would do mm -mm. never ever um well let, let's just talk about before we um move on mm -hmm. well i i don't know how i want to spin this but just thoughts on the midterms because i haven't we haven't spoken since the midterms sure. How significant do you feel like it is that, you know, a party in power in the White House hasn't held on to so many seats in however many right. decades and and did? Um, and what do you think it says about Biden's agenda? Like, does it does what does it say about what was accomplished? Are we thanking the Inflation Reduction Act here? Um, well, yeah. Um, and, and David, before you answer, just please make sure that whatever your analysis is agrees with what Francesca and I thought before the midterms. <laughs> as long as it meets your priors. Um, I think yeah. there are a few things. First of all, this was an unusual election in that the the biggest policy change, the thing that broke through to voters, 
was not accomplished by the party in power. It was actually accomplished by the minority party, and that was the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And so yeah. there was a backlash to things that happened uh, over the last two years, but it was not done by Democrats. It was the, that which was uh, pulled off by Republicans. And so that played you know, a major role. I think the second major role is obviously candidate quality, the fact that you had all these election deniers and and uh, you know January 6th freaks that were, were running for office. Uh, you can pretty see pretty clearly that they, they got struck down uh, in race after race. Um, the third thing is, which I, I think is actually very interesting, is that things like the Inflation Reduction Act or the infrastructure bill or the American Rescue Plan did not play a role to a large degree in the mm -hmm. election at all. And that's actually an achievement of sorts for right. Democrats, because what we've seen in the past is that politically, if they pass a major piece of legislation, they feel an immediate backlash from the electorate, the, the Affordable Care Act being the biggest example of that. But the, the IRA did not play that way. It did not, it mm -hmm. did not play in the same fashion. Uh, uh, even though it was certainly a bill that you could talk about in the terms of the Green New Deal, or you can talk about in terms of, of raising energy prices, uh, it's not entirely true, but you could, you could fashion a response if you're a Republican. They didn't do it, they, they, because this is not really a policy-interested or policy-driven party anymore. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's a party that's filled with anger about cultural grievances and, 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 and just sort of demonizes over, over its various issues. So policy is no longer that as polarizing in an electoral context. And that's actually a good thing for Democrats to know, right? Because when they get totally. back in again and get a majority, uh, they, they don't have to worry about like the, the, the reaction to putting in something that would be better for the country. I mean, it, it also means that you shouldn't pass a Green New Deal. You should pass a, like, long-term debt relief, uh, like a, a future generation debt relief, like, like plan or some shit like that. That is nothing, just, but it is about climate change, but it's just about, like... Um, the ins like life insurance policies like i don't know think of a fucking name because the inflation reduction act was not necessarily that there was right. all this climate stuff that was not it was in there. it was hard to, it was hard to demonize well i mean it was hard on both sides right because throughout when it was called build back better it was hard to message to people because it had 50 different things in it uh when right. it finally got narrowed down and then got this name that has no bearing on what it actually does uh, it was also difficult from the other side for Republicans to sort of demonize it because nobody really knows what's in it. Um, right. uh, you got to read. Yeah, exactly. Read the American um, prospect. Everybody. But, you know, yeah. I mean, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars in investment going towards, you know, transitioning the country to clean energy. And so uh, if that doesn't spur a backlash, that's a pretty good thing. Uh, and and right. so, uh, you know, that that was successful. Now, parts, I think, of that bill did get demonized within the election context, the biggest one being the funding for the IRS. And I think if anything is going to go be gone after that was in the Inflation Reduction Act, it's going to be that $80 billion in funding 
for the IRS, which they said will unleash 87,000 agents poking into your uh, every every bit of your financial life and whatnot. And uh, so that is, I think, now that we know that Republicans have uh, uh, the House, uh, they're going to use a bunch of must-pass bills to create hostage situations to try to uh, you know deal with things like that. Yeah. What 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 is the House? What is the GOP going to do with the House majority? Uh, what do they want to accomplish? I mean, you go over this in a recent article, mm -hmm. but um, talk about their aims at Medicare, Social Security, IRS, tax break. And, and how are they going to do it, which is the next? You know, yeah. Piece. So uh, let's start with the how. So um, there are just certain things that uh, Congress sort of basically has to pass in order to keep the country functioning. Uh, there's... Uh, they don't have to pass anything at all except these things, and they can go on their merry way. Uh, and given how fractious the Republican caucus is, that's probably all that is happening. Uh, one is government spending, right? Uh, keeping, the, mm -hmm. keeping the lights on, keeping the government funded. Right now, government funding runs out in December. Uh, the expectation is sometime in this late, lame duck session, they will pass something all the way to the end of the fiscal year, which is uh, the end of September of next year. But at that point, uh, there's there's appropriations that have to be done. Uh, and Republicans can say, we're not passing that until you defund the IRS, for example. Um, another thing that has to pass is a very stupid thing that I have to now explain called the debt limit. And what is the debt limit? Uh, basically, uh, the government only ha it has a ceiling on how much it is allowed to borrow. That ceiling yep. can be changed by Congress uh, over the years. It has many, many, many times. But uh, Republicans have figured out over the last decade that they can say, well, we're not passing that unless you do X, Y, or Z. And X, Y, or Z is usually cut Medicare or cut Social Security. Uh, that's that's usually X, Y, and Z. So, um, Which they did under Obama. Well, they tried right? to, yes. Um, okay. What they ended up doing is passing uh, 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 something called the sequester which cut trillions of dollars right. uh, of yes. not Medicare and Social Security, but everything else, pretty much. Got it. Um, Got it. So uh, if you Republicans who are in charge of the Budget Committee have said, we're going to use the debt ceiling as leverage to get what we want. And uh, what's funny is that the Democrats have every ability right now in the lame duck session to say, OK, the debt ceiling is now... 20 kajillion dollars. That's how much we're allowed to borrow. We can we can end this for all time, basically. Uh, but they have not moved to do so. And they can do that with only Democratic votes. They can use reconciliation, which is what they used for the uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. They right. have not moved to do so, and it doesn't look like they will move to do so. Just give Manchin another Maserati, please. <laughs> give him three. Give him another little he is, boat. He is, he is the weak link there, uh, as you might guess. God. The thing that's so funny to me about the midterms is like, like that the, the the narrative that it you know the Democrats are like celebrating only. It feels like only Democrats can do this. Like, yay, we won less. We lost less than we had planned to lose. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's like, a win for the Dems. Yeah, we we're we're only five feet under instead of ten feet under. It's like the U.S. men's soccer team. Like we tied. That's yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a win for the. 
not throwing that much shade, but I do think you just like, it sounds, it's all, you know, um, couched in all this, whatever, like, you know, bu bureaucratic legislative stuff. But what we just talked about was, um, letting rich people continue to get away with, um, tax schemes. Right. Um, and effectively when you defund the IRS or you, it, they go after middle-class and poor folks, um, because they don't have the money to go after people who actually have accountants and et cetera. Uh, and then you just talked about, oh, taking health care and uh, retirement funds and Social right. Security away from average Americans. Like that is their agenda. In addition to, we didn't even talk about, are they going to make Hunter Biden a thing? Oh, is well, that yeah, happening? I mean, uh, that is outside of what we're talking about, about leverage and hostage taking situations. That's pretty much the only thing they're going to be doing, which is all of these investigations about Hunter Biden or about various federal agencies that they decide or, I don't know, uh, facilitating uh, turning high school classrooms into kitty litter uh, uh, right. places or, you know, whatever it is, uh, there are going to be tons of investigations of the Biden administration. Uh, that That's going to be the main work product of the next two years. Uh, but other than that, if to the extent that they're going to pass any of their ideological agenda, it's like you said, it's going to be allowing the rich to keep money from uh, the government. Uh, it's going to be cutting mm -hmm. health care. It's going to be cutting retirement. And it's going to be trying to make the Trump tax cuts permanent. The Trump tax cuts mm. actually expire in 2025 for individuals. Corporations, those were made permanent a long time ago. But <laughs> for individuals, that expires in 2025. And they're going to try to use this leverage to make those individual tax cuts on the rich permanent. One of those, by the way, is you can completely write off a private jet, <laughs> the entire cost. I want everyone to know that. It might've sunsetted earlier than the rest of them, but that was in the fucking Trump tax cuts, writing off like a $60 million jet. Anyway, um, okay, so uh, what, the, what can Democrats do in this time? if they so choose? What are the openings for them? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there are a lot of openings, but uh, certainly uh, they're going to be able to build a record uh, as, as you know, this is what happens when you have divided government. They're going to try to get their priorities through. Uh, maybe it's uh, this for that. I'm a little worried that uh, money for Ukraine is going to be seen as so important that you can trade away other priorities. You know, as mm. we know, the Republicans coming in have said they don't want necessarily to give a blank check to uh, more billions and billions of dollars for Ukraine. Uh, this is a big priority of the Biden White House. Uh, is it going to be a situation where, yeah, we'll extend your tax cuts if you give us that money for Ukraine or maybe it's or maybe it's money for COVID. Maybe it's maybe it's maybe that's Oh, they the already axed that to. stuff, I thought. Well, but I mean, like, it, there's obviously an ongoing need. So, uh, right, right. Sorry, I meant Republicans already axed. Republicans have said no more to money that, for but COVID. they, you know, there, there are going to be these, these compromises that are going to be attempted to be struck. And so, uh, you know, and anytime a compromise happens in Washington, you know, watch your wallet is usually the good uh, idea here. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to look out for that. The other person who actually says we shouldn't give a blank check to uh, the military in Ukraine is Ilhan Omar. And uh, but well, I we, mean, don't get, we don't get we don't talk about that. Right. Is mm -hmm. that there are going to be opportunities for transpartisan coalitions 
on those kinds of issues, whether it's big tech uh, and, and right. you know, uh, trying to rein in their power, whether it's surveillance reform. Uh, there are certain mm. measures of the USA Freedom Act that expire at the end of December 2023. Uh, we have seen in the past libertarians and civil libertarians from the left and right get together to try to block uh, the extension of things like warrantless surveillance. Uh, uh, we could see that on Ukraine, on, on Yemen policy, uh, you know, trying to stop uh, money from flowing to the Saudis to continue to prosecute that war in Yemen. Uh, there are opportunities that you will see between the left and the right to try to uh, you know, block the initiatives of the center. Right. But then you have um, now the new House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think that's a 50-50 bet. Has he, has he not actually just been voted in? No. He's, he's been the voted the leader of the Republican caucus. However, he didn't need all 218 votes to get that. He got 180, I believe, something like that. In order to become Speaker, you need 218 votes. And he don't I have see. them right now. And he, he I needs see. to get them before January 3rd. And if he doesn't get them, <laughs> I don't know. We, we haven't seen a situation like this before. Before January 3rd? And you don't think they're all going to jump, like, fall in line? No. I mean, several several members have already said they're, they're not voting for him. They're gunning for it, too. Thank you for clarifying that. Well, here, I mean, here's Kevin McCarthy. This is what he's saying. I mean, I agree in terms of, like, you know, some of these seemingly disparate factions but like yeah republicans and democrats could come together in the house here's what he's saying about someone like ilhan omar this is kevin mccarthy um speaking with the what was it the um republican jewish the, the jews the republican jews um what is what is the actual page for the producer was the republican jewish republican coalition. jewish coalition thank you yeah, yeah. You know, I made another promise to you last time. There was this congresswoman, Ilhan Omar. That's a rightful boo. I remember what she said about me. I remember what she said about Israel. I remember what she said about the relationship. I remember it so much, I promised you last year that as speaker, she no longer would be on foreign affairs. And I'm keeping that promise now. Hell yeah, dude. Um, so this is the same kind of blaming Ilhan Omar for as and uh, her critiques of the Israeli lobby as somehow anti-Semitic again and again as Republicans cozy up to a far right Israeli lobby. Um, so yeah, I mean, you you like I wish we could rain like Republicans are. Like they talk a big talk about we're isolationists, but then Dems actually put stuff up like, hey, let's stop funding Saudi Arabia um, and their war on Yemen. And Republicans are like, ah. But what he said there specifically is he's going to pull Omar off of the committee. And he's also said that he's going to pull Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff off the intelligence committee. And this is sort of now an escalation of what Mm. Democrats did when they pulled Marjorie Taylor Greene and I believe Paul Gosar off of their committees. And so this is now going to be normalized where every cycle, whoever's in power, the the perceived crazies on the other side are just not going to be able to sit on committees. 
And uh, I don't know where that ends, but that this is an escalation of that. <clears throat> and the speaker can just yank people from committees? It, it was unprecedented until Pelosi did it, <laughs> in, uh, until it was done right. uh, by a vote of, of Congress. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay, right. I mean, can, I mean, like Marjorie Taylor Greene's comments and Gosar, they're both white nationalists. Gosar is a straight up Nazi. Like, <laughs> those were also unprecedented in terms of like helping the January 6th insurrection, et cetera. Um, Wasn't Gosar the demon in Ghostbusters? Also that. Very much so. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene was the state puff underneath that uh, when Gozer, you melted it down. By the way, uh, it was yeah. Gozer. It was not Gosar. Okay. It was going. I mean, come on. Um, um, close, any... close, close enough. It's really, it's really whether you're using the Sumerian or the another thing that I can't think of pronunciation. I'm Ashkenazi, so yeah. that's that makes yeah. sense. David, one last thing is I know you're working on a big piece about lithium mining in the United States. Um, and yeah. actually, our producer Paige also wrote something um, recently um, for uh, the New Republic, right? Uh, or in these times, God damn it, Paige, I'm an <laughs> asshole. Um, uh, in these times, she said. In these times, about uh, the about lithium mining and specifically how the Inflation Reduction Act might have energy companies setting their sights on the Salton Sea, which is in California, Southern California, and it's like drying up and it's like super toxic. But there's lithium. Can you just like? explain that a little bit yeah so i'm uh, uh standing i'm right now in palm springs about an hour from the salton sea so i went out there uh in october um as you say uh it's about 45 miles of lake bed has been already exposed uh this you know there's kind of naturally the salton sea kind of ebbs and flows over the centuries uh right mm -hmm. now we're in a cycle where it's it's receding the problem is for the last hundred years uh, nitrates and, and, and chemicals from agricultural activities in Imperial County have flowed into the sea. That has been its, its source of water uh, for the last uh, hundred years. And so a hundred years of chemicals now are exposed on this lake bed when they jump into the atmosphere. Uh, uh, they, they hit the lungs of people who live in that area. Uh, child asthma rates are double the normal rate uh in in california uh it's it's a very depressed community um and they've kind of been looking for saviors for for decades in in imperial county and now they've mm -hmm. found uh, a new savior and it's called lithium so uh in an underground reservoir which has nothing to do with the salton sea itself it's actually under the sea um there's this reservoir that uh has probably the largest unrecovered deposit of lithium in the world. And wow. um, lithium obviously is a main component of lithium ion batteries, which are used in electric vehicles uh, and are a major thing that we need to get. The normal ways of extracting lithium are some of the most toxic in, in human history. Uh, there's hard rock mining, which the EPA has said is the most toxic uh, industry in the United States. Uh, and there's this thing called evaporation pit mining where they, they literally put, uh, they dig a big hole. It's got this brine in it. Uh, and they let it evaporate for two years after they fill it with water. And then they mm. can pull the lithium out. 
that takes it takes two million gallons of water to extract one uh, uh, two million metric tons of water to extract one ton of lithium. And this is oh done, my god! This is done primarily in the Atacama Desert of the the uh, lithium triangle in South America, which is a desert, right. and they're using that much water uh, in, in order to do it. Right in Chile and Peru, Chile and uh, uh, Argentina and Bolivia, I believe. Yes, so, is that the comment? Um, anyway, we, yeah, fun. What's being I mean, done in the Salton Sea, however, has the potential to be transformative, and the reason is that the Salton Sea area already uses what is called geothermal energy. So mm -hmm. uh, they what they do is they go into this reservoir, they pull out the brine. It's super hot. It's like five hundred degrees. They put it into a separator, the steam is pulled out, and it drives a turbine that creates energy. It's renewable energy, um, uh, geothermal energy. And this is not what's underneath, underneath, which is the lithium. That is what's underneath, underneath. It's the oh, brine oh, okay, that has uh -huh. the lithium in it. The now, brine. normally, what they would do is re inject the brine back in, and then they pull it out, re inject it in, pull out the steam, and create energy that way. However, if they do an extra step and say, before we re-inject this brine, we'll pull the lithium out, uh, then they can do it in, in the only known uh, sustainable way uh, in, in the world, right? So the problem is, this has only been done in a lab. So it hasn't ever mm. been done at scale. There are three companies who are trying to do direct lithium extraction in through the geothermal in the Salton Sea. And there have been these promised benefits to the community, even though it hasn't been done yet. Um, and uh, so, so that, that doesn't use the fresh water. So you're saying there could be there like is, a really there's very little water use. There's not a lot of water use. So we have two roads. One could be horribly contaminating and use a bunch of fresh water. And the other could be like a huge, like green game changer. Exactly. And that, getting and, and lithium batteries at the Salton Sea is the green game changer. They're, that's what they're trying to do. However, Got it. it's, it's not a hundred percent. There's questions as to whether the community will actually benefit from this or whether it will just create a lot more industrial noise and, ex and, and, ex and, and expansion. And, uh, the other question is, I, I talked to a, um, a researcher who said, well, you know, if you want to maximize lithium extraction in the Salton Sea, you really need the sea to recede more so they can put more uh, uh, plants in different parts of the exposed parts of the sea. I'm like, isn't that horrible? Like, isn't that exactly what will create more exposed lake bed and more uh, asthma dust going off into the areas like, oh, well, yeah, Jesus. sure, you need a balance. Um, so uh, there is the question of sort of the balance between in new industrial activity in this area and environmental protection. Um, but all of that is uh, discussed in this story, which is coming out, I think, in a week and a half or so. So Everyone. after you brine the lithium, mm -hmm. isn't there a risk that the gravy that comes out <laughs> is too salty? Yeah. Uh, salt is Just... actually an interesting part of it. You know, the, the Salton Sea, which salt is right there in it. the name, <laughs> uh, is twice as salty <laughs> as the ocean. Ooh. Um, it's, it's, mm. it's really like this so it's... ecological disaster that has happened. I have been there. And, uh, and, a, and a, see, just a culinary wonder. You see these, um, these balls sort of up on the shore. 
um, and you're not sure exactly what they are. And it turns out they, they are dead fish. Uh, ah. that because the oxygen is, is slowly going away, you get these algal blooms in the sea. And uh, that deoxidization uh, essentially turns fish into desiccated spheres. Um, mm. it's, 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 a, it's a gross place. Uh, it's, it, it has a rotten egg smell. It's, it's, it's really a, a, a fascinating uh, uh, little bit of Americana. Welcome to California. Mm -hmm. This is Gavin's home. He's called um, it the Saudi Arabia of lithium. He's called that. Oh region. God, Gavin, no. Um, well, I'm fascinated. Everyone read the article. We'll see TBD. Um, can we just get like a high speed light rail before we fucking dig up an entire seabed? <laughs> Thanks. Um, uh, a couple. One one question actually, someone asked. Hippie Spot was saying, is it naturally occurring lithium, or is it because of all the years of disgusting like? agricultural runoff no, that it's, it, just it is created. natural because this is this is miles under the ground i mean lithium is pretty abundant around the world um but this is an untapped source and okay. it, it happens to be massive and if it's done right and you you're you're re-injecting the brine and constantly replenishing the underground res <laughs> reservoir up and down up and down in the cycle uh yeah it it can actually work but the problem this is, is a perfect. Yeah, uh -huh. the problem is no one, no one has done it beyond you know sketching it on a pad so far. Right, it's like the dude who uh, raised all that Kickstarter money right. or money on Kickstarter to clean up the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, and then he was like, "Oh, it was just a model." <laughs> exactly. I I don't actually know how to do that. <laughs> Everyone was like, "What the fuck?" Like, what if an amoeba ate garbage? This is oh, that was just an idea. This is slightly more advanced than that. I actually went to <laughs> one of the plants that where they're actually oh, okay. trying to do this, um, okay. but only slightly. Right. Todd Roy says it sounds like Mordor. Um, very excited to see uh, the Eye of Sauron in the Salton Sea. <laughs> um, David Dane, thank you for uh, joining us for that segment. I was wondering if you could stay on for our final fun segment. Okay. Very fun. Nothing but fun. Nothing but fun. Nothing but fun. Um, given that Elon Musk is, uh, I mean, every day it's like, is this going to be the last day of Twitter? Like, you know, Q, I will remember you by Sarah McLaughlin. Like, DM all the people that you've, you know, shoot your shot, you know, with the person who follows you. Like, Ryan Reynolds follows me on Twitter. And I'm like, what do I say to him? Why? <laughs> um do you need a third with Blake Lively? Sorry. No. What is your final tweet if you were to leave? And are you leaving? Uh, this is the last tweet. I will say, I've never gotten trouble for tweeting except for once when I was working at AJ+. Which, by the way, not working there now. And I did make a promise to myself that I would not be working at Al Jazeera when the cutter, uh, the cutter world cup was happening i was like as god is my witness it was 2013 i was like i will not be working here in 2022 and i'm not is it good no not necessarily i need the money but uh not working there uh and i got in trouble because i said something like is it bad that i've imagined the elaborate deaths of every like um republican leader or something like this and like my editor was like you need to probably take that down and i was like Oh, come on. So my final tweet would be um, Kavanaugh won't kill himself. There we go. That's it. That's what I want to say. <laughs> I mean, I've said it could. before and I'll, I'll say it again for Jessica. There's never been an assassination of a Supreme Court justice. Exactly. 
And look, you guys are the ones pushing us lifetime appointments. What are we supposed to do? Um, Dave, obviously this is not an endorsement of violence and everyone here um, renounces uh, any and all violence, uh, political or otherwise. David, what would your last, or NATO, what, yeah, whoever, go, what go, would your last tweet NATO. be? NATO, what's your last tweet? Uh, I Probably my last tweet would be something real stupid, like, like, does anyone know where I put my keys? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Also, or like, like, you know, hive mind, who has a recommendation <laughs> on a a good torta in Sacramento. <laughs> I mean, um, might that, as well. That's not spicy. Might as well at the mm-hmm. very end use Twitter for the only thing it's good for, which is finding a good getting torta a, in finding Sacramento. a torta in Sacramento. Right. Very good, uh, David. What's your last tweet, or like a tweet you've never sent, but you're like, maybe I should send this. Well, I mean, I have uh, uh, watched this sort of montage at the end of the after school special uh nightly parade of i'm gonna miss you guys and i'm gonna miss you most of all scarecrow <laughs> yeah i've 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 looked at this with some amusement hold on <coughs> um oh i know you're getting choked up it's, it's fine i'm a little clamp um <laughs> but yeah i mean I, that's something i would never right in 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 my entire life so probably like a long oscar speech uh uh, a Mm. thread with with a thank you for everybody who who got me through uh and and supported and encouraged my feed over the years all the people on twitter i can i just read three tweets i never sent (laughs) uh brett's and brendan's only one name can stay i stand by that uh, Brett, Brett, and Brendan. I'm sorry. You threw Madison in things. there too. No, it's the bees. It's Brandon is okay. Bretts and Brendans, pick one. I don't want both of you. And I apologize to all the Bretts and Brendans who I know and love. Um, and who pay for the show? An un- who pay for the show? <laughs> I don't know if we have sustain or uh, patrons. Um, another one I have never sent, but I'll tell you guys. Uh, I I just said, don't choke me. Choke a choke pop. I think I just, yeah, I don't know why. I'm drunk, but I stand by it. Don't choke me. I think it was probably to my husband. Anywho, that's fine. And then the last tweet I've never sent, uh, I want reactionary arms. That I stand by. You know how, like, all right-wing women have, like, really cut dope arms, like reactionary arms, you know? It's always, like, Lara Lara Trump and fucking um, Judge Jeanine Pirro. Their arms are, like, yeah, you know? Maybe if I keep on bouncing and holding the baby. Isn't the person most associated with that Michelle Obama? Mm. Maybe they're just don't, they're trying to be here. Bro, that's exactly right. That is, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, when, when, when I was at your stage of parenting, I was doing, I, cause I had the twins, I was doing curls. (laughs) I did baby curls. Oh my God, this baby's head is just, it's just like getting, it's going to be the alien, you know, just getting bigger it's and bigger out? and bigger. Yeah, she's it's like, out? it's like, it sounds, out. It, it sounds like Mayan royalty. That's, yes. And then there's like a little bald spot right here because she's sleeping so much. It's very funny. <laughs> it's a big ass head of a baby, big headed baby, big headed baby. David Dan, everybody follow David on not Twitter, but Twitter. No, follow him on Twitter. He was blocked for a while and I'm uh, back. 
it was fun to watch him. Well, what's funny is I was, I was blocked. And when I came back, they're like, no, you have to wait to get verified again for like 30 days. And then I missed the window. So now forget it. Elon must decide now it doesn't matter. You just pay $8. That's true. Um, and you're there. Oh, that's right. You're not verified. It doesn't. Well, that's so dumb. Um, everyone follow NATO Green on all the things. Um, NATO Green on Twitter and Mr. NATO Green on Instagram. Uh, make sure you're getting you go get his album, the Whiteness album as well. Uh, thank you guys so much, David. Uh, take care. And NATO, I will see you in the bonus. We're going to talk about Hillary Clinton and Condoleezza Rice and John Stewart. John, he might have lost it. He had, you know, he might have. We'll, we'll see. Um, but for now, some comments from the peanut gallery. Greg, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, really missed you and so glad you're back. I hope you get some rest. Me too. I am five hours intermittent sleep. It is tough. Nug Wrangler on Twitch. I'm on Mastodon now. Instead of tweeting, they call it masturbating. Love it. Uh, I have no idea how Mastodon works. I was like, cool, let me go to it. And then I was like, do you want to be part of a group of journalists in Denmark? I'm like, no, I don't. I have no idea what this means. So I don't, if you know how to use it, explain it to me or someone send me a link. Um, Owen Nagel, thank you so much for the super chat. Glad to have you back, Franny. Wish I had, wish you had more maternity leave, but America is dumb. Much love, Schmoopy Dragon. Oh, Schmoopy Dragon. Um, I wish I had more leave too. It's fine. This is a once a week thing. She can take a bottle and dad can watch her. It's chill. Um, who Vian Scarf Dragon? All right. Uh, your last tweet, uh, Elon likes the taste of alpaca semen. See, I, I'm, I started this because I like that. I don't know why. Alpaca semen, that works. Um, Rachel Atwood says, NATO has really pretty eyes. Thank you. I picked them out myself for NATO. Fun P, thanks for the super chat. Congratulations. You look happy, healthy, and beautiful as always. From your number one drunk fan from your Portland show. Oh, bro, is that you? The one who was like falling out of his chair in the front or like one of the front rows? Oh, no. Or who almost fell down the stairs. That's what it was. What's up, Fun P? Thanks for the super chat. Um, we can drink together next time. Uh, Raul Davila, thank you so much for the super chat. Congrats on the new baby. Thank you. The Jukester said, I've said fuck crypto many times. Me too. Todd Roy, glad the show is back. Thank you, Todd, for your super chat and for being an awesome moderator. Gary Cooper, the Colorado Springs shooter was arrested a year ago for holding his mother hostage with a homemade bomb. It was still allowed to buy and possess guns and ammo. That's America for you. That's, I mean, how many times? Domestic violence and uh, perpetrators of it, people who threaten their families. Like, how many times do we have to go through this exact same fucking playbook? They should not be allowed to own guns. <sighs> um, let's see. I'm reading some of that. Jeff Curry says, I'm jealous of Nancy's ice cream hoard. Me too. Me, very much me too. Thank you so much, Fun P. Another super chat. Car Charmed Chaos says, lithium is usually found in toxic environments. Preach, David. Um, Taryn says, I bartended in an LGBTQ plus bar for nearly 10 years. It is really like having a family. I can only imagine. I mean, it's like bartending and waitstaffing and being a waiter generally is like you just get very tight with people who are working those shifts with you and these like, awful late night shifts but inside of a community like the lgbtq plus community i can only imagine 
how incredible that is um, and how awful when something like this happens. Um, Alex Samara says, my final tweet is probably going to be something insane, inane, like a quote tweet that simply says thread or something that's just like quote tweet this. Hell yeah, this. Um, and with that, you guys, uh, we have a little bit of a fart song. Let's start it off. We don't have any new patrons at $10 or more. That's so sad. But uh, shout out once again to Jill Hurst, who became part of the Orchata Armada, and to the big tipper, TBR-Live on Venmo, Jonathan Cook. Thank you so much for your your uh, tip. To the Twitch subs, Lightly Toasted Dragon, Workers Dragon, and... Willie Gus for cheering 100 bits. Fat guy named Tiny for resubscribing at tier one for 18 months. A year and a half. I'm sorry you had to put up with me for that long, Franny. No, no, no. I love it. And then Love and Lee for subscribing with Prime. Thank you. Hippie Spot for resubscribing with Prime. Saying, big love, mamas, be strong. I'm sending you big, long-distance energy hugs for restoring your energy and keeping your cups filled. Thank you. And the Jukesters, thank you so much for resubscribing at tier one. Uh, for two months. Woohoo! Welcome back with a lot of cat emojis. Thank y'all. Um, we got a great rest of the year. Um, but until next week, you guys, remember, fight the power. Fuck the patriarchy. And don't just bitch about it. <laughs>